All right, so fascinating news, Ari. There's a, um, a recent study that's come out that says that as many as one out of six uh, young people are delaying sex until they're 26 or so. And so that's really interesting, right? I mean, it's a fascinating number. Like vegans, <clears throat> for me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good point. That's a good point. I, but, you know, not where I was going with this one. Sorry. It's typical. Sorry, sorry. typical. I always kind of like have to bring him back. Bring, focus on the prize there. Stop worrying about me and just plow through. Yes, yes, as it were. <laughs> uh. Just pretend I'm not here. <laughs> you know, that would be so nice. Yeah. <laughs> I would just... You know, it, that is a very productive statement, Ari. I'll be like the Alexa. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> That's right. And then you move on. <laughs> exactly right. You know, there goes Alexa, you know, saying something irrelevant and pointless. I guess we, I guess we should have turned her off, but we got to. No big deal. Yeah. Anyway, so there's a recent study about this, that one out of, as many as one out of six, it's probably more one out of eight are, are delaying sex, or at least not not even necessarily purposefully, by the way. They're just, they just find themselves not having sex until the age of uh, 26 or so. All right. The, the interest, and by the way, um, so that people um, have a little bit of a, a trigger warning here, uh, for young kids, I would say uh, 15 and younger, I'd, I'd perhaps um, exercise some restraint on this particular podcast if you are a parent. Uh, and have some kids normally listening to this podcast. I, I think this will be a little bit more. Uh, this is going to be sexual in contact uh, in contact content. Uh, <clears throat> so, anyway, uh, as, a war- and, as a warning. And I'm here, so you don't know what the hell's going to come out of. That's my right. Mouth. Yeah, that, that's that's the, that's the standard <laughs> warning. But this is even. <laughs> that's right. The, the usual Ari warning. Blah blah blah. Okay. Ari is Bottom here. Bottom line: If you're listening to this in the car and your children are there, switch over the David Bowie album Ziggy Stardust for like 20 minutes until your kids are dropped off. Then resume. Thank right. you. <clears throat> so the question is: Why is this happening? Right. I mean, ultimately, why? Now, uh, on first blush, many lefties and liberals will say, "You see." This is wonderful. We are teaching kids all sorts of sex education in school. And lo and behold, people are acting much more responsibly um, vis-a-vis sex. And they're delaying it substantially. And isn't that healthy for everyone involved? Um, Okay. So that's an interesting causation argument that doesn't fly. So that's not not the answer. Okay. Uh, Why do you think, Ari... um, that this is happening. Uh, is it because the, they've been taught the dangers of sexually transmitted diseases, also known as STDs? Is it because they're concerned about pregnancy and they've been warned about this stuff? In other words, have, been, have they been taught this great conservative agenda that liberals now profess to be teaching, which, of course, they're not? What, what's the reason? Why no, is it? No, it's very, very, very simple. They've been desexed. They've essentially lost their confidence. They've lost their virility. They're not, they've lost that spark that says, oh my God, you know, no kids are listening, so I'm just going to go for it. They've lost the virility and the spark that says in life that healthy people have that says, oh my God, I have to fuck and come right now. All right. That's what they've lost. So, all right. Now, having said that. Thank you for not making me back and erase that. All right. I don't know. You know, now I'm left with the decision. Do I back up and erase that? All right. Okay, I'll tell you what. I will not back up and erase that. 
so long as you don't say that again or anything like it again. All right. Look, no swearing, please. Okay. No sexual. So, oh my God, I have to fornicate so I can reach a satisfying orgasm now. All right. That's, that's scientific, that's, right? That's, that's that much ruined more. all the fun of it, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Everyone's boner just <sighs> went limp here. Like all right, that. here we go. Here we go with the boner thing. <laughs> Everyone, every erection just turned flaccid. <laughs> all right, so once again, <clears throat> Ari demonstrates that he's my, my raging yin to my sobering yang. <laughs> I don't know about that. All right, so now i'll ask more rhetorical questions then is it because of the dangers of stds or pregnancy is it because they're beginning to understand the emotional consequences of sex uh, or is it perhaps because they recognize the need for sex as more of a re- reproductive tool to be used only for marriage um what do you think okay because that's that's not what they're teaching them right so no. clearly that those those possibilities are not the reason why I'm going to present an answer that I think is the right answer, uh, having done a tremendous amount of research on this issue because I'm, I'm, work, I'm writing a book now about uh, sex robots. And, of course, by writing this book, I'm analyzing why the demand for the sex robots is so high and why it will be such a big factor in our, in our lives, in our civilization in the next seven to ten years, you'll see. Uh, people will be saying, I lost my husband, I lost my boyfriend to a robot. Um, I lost my wife to a robot. L- l- less so, less so. But oh, the, no, I heard women are into it, too. Okay, Plus, well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, the point is, well, women are more into intimacy, uh, whereas men are more into the sexual act itself. So a robot can only provide so much intimacy, uh, whereas uh, you know a female robot can provide exactly what a man wants, which is just an opportunity to get an orgasm. Anyway, let's, let's not move there. The point is, the question is, why is this happening? It, it's none of those things. Because what, here's what they are teaching at school. They're teaching about um, uh, gays, homosexual sex. They're teaching about all sorts of crazy manners and alternatives to regular fornication. Or, sorry, regular sex, I should say. Uh, they're certainly not teaching about the benefits of delaying sex before marriage uh, sorry I'm delaying sex at all and then not having sex uh, premarital sex they're certainly not teaching about the diseases that you can you can get out of it um, except to the teaching, extent they're certainly not teaching that sex is there for reproduction right you should <clears throat> reproduce in the context of marriage right they're, they are teaching about anal sex and its glories and that it's just as much of a uh, sexual act as as anything else um, they are teaching about you know transgenderism as we've talked about many times and the, the fluid nature of what you might be uh, in terms of not only your identity but also your sexual attractions and anything goes and everything is great and nudity is a wonderful thing. So you would whatever they are teaching you would think it would it would cause people to race toward more sex, not less sex. So here's the problem and, and this leads to the answer. The, the fact is that they are not having sex, but listen carefully. They're not having sex with anybody else, with another human, until the age of 26. They are uh, having sex with themselves, as it were. It's not as if they're not masturbating. Forgive my ugly term there, but it's... That's the scientific one. I know. If you want the ugly term, you'd say waking the willing or jacking <laughs> off. 
choking the chip. That's all right. <laughs> all right, you got to stop. I don't know about that. So, but they, they are, they're satisfying themselves, but without somebody else in the room, as it were. That's what's happening. So don't be so impressed that they are not having sex with somebody else. Okay. Now, by the way, uh, they may be, you know, deciding that, hey, look, uh, you know, that yes, they're not having sex with somebody of the opposite sex until 26. They may be having sex with somebody of uh, the same sex and then, you know, believing that this is not the kind of, they don't define sex that way, right? So in other words, uh, they're gun shy about, uh, you know, trying to make a move on this girl, um, but they're not at all shy about, you know, just fooling around with another boy, okay? So that's one thing. But, but that's even, that's a small part of it. I think the reason, Ari, why they're delaying sex is because they're terrified of sex. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what I said. They are terrified of it. They're having sex, but not with somebody else in the room. That's the important, that's the important distinction here. Now, why are they terrified of sex? Why do, why do I say such a bold thing like that? Because it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, if you are, I'm talking especially about a boy. If you're a boy, 14, 15, 16, and so on like that, you are not making any moves on women anymore. First of all, they're chasing you anyway, okay, uh, as a boy. Uh, so the, the girls are the, are the more aggressive ones these days for whatever reason. And we can talk about that's another podcast. But the boys are afraid of these girls because they don't know what it means to have sex, first of all. They, they do know in the, the era of Me Too that if they so much as touch a girl, even if she appears to want it really badly, that uh, she can accuse him of rape or harassment or assault of some kind uh, <clears throat> the next morning, the next week. All she has to do is change her mind and you're dead. That's right. Two years later, she can say, you know that time we had a little thing? It's now I, rape. I, I feel very uncomfortable about what happened and I, I think that you, you raped me. And, and this is the kind of the mindset. This is a little bit of a distinction between the way men think and the way women think, right? Both of which are necessary, by the way. Uh, women are much more emotionally oriented, and they, they tap into the feelings, which is an important part of life. Don't get me wrong. Men are much more what happened, what's factual, and so on. And that's a big difference. We, we live in a time of social justice, quote-unquote. We live in a time of Me Too. We, we live in a time where you have to, you know, the Kavanaugh time. We live in a time where every woman is a superhero. It ranges based on right. her mood at the moment right. between invincible superhero and pathetic victim right. needing justice. That's good And point. every man is a potential rapist at any moment. The superhero to potential pathetic victim decides he is. Right. Exactly right. right. So, so, so we've let we men have let women totally define us, and have let the uh, women define every single sexual sensual event. So it's no wonder that you know putting aside STDs and pregnancy, which have always been around, right? In fact, it's even more prevalent these days that the notion of STDs. There's so much sexual trans, yeah, trans diseases right. today, much more so than it was in the past few decades. The, the reason being fairly obvious because people are just very careless about sex. Well, hold on, <clears throat> and um, so that's that's one issue. 
But really, the, the big changer here, the big game changer, is the way that people look back retroactively on a sexual activity. And <clears throat> they're, they're suddenly told to be, uh, you know, they're, they're very cautious. Wouldn't you be? I mean, every single time, instead of just saying, hey, let's, let's have fun, baby, you know, and, and, and meaning it in a cute way, and, and you're saying, oh, wow, this is so great, I'm, we're so attracted to each other, and next thing you know, you know, she's, she's having a lot of fun, and, and there's, there's some, you know, sexual arousal go on, uh, going on, and then sexual activity. <clears throat> but then she feels bad because, you know, she really wanted to be with that other boy, um, and she's worried about the ramifications. So she's decided that what happened was really not something that she wanted and she felt pressured, whatever that means. And then at the same time, they've changed the standard of, uh, you know, for criminality, right? It's no longer beyond a reasonable doubt. It's a preponderance of the evidence and it's whatever you say it is. So you've got literally a he said, she said thing right. going on. Right, as long as the jury believes her. Right. It doesn't matter what the evidence is. Right. It doesn't matter what her past is. It doesn't matter how many times she's lied or how flimsy her story is. If I feel as a juror that I should believe her, <clears throat> I have to convict him. Right. It's a, it, you, yeah. Wouldn't you be gun shy, Ari, if you, every time you went on a plane, you knew that there's, I don't know, one in ten chance of this plane going down, okay? Of course. Right, you would say, I don't think so. No, it, it, oh, wait, 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 hold on. If it's one in 10 million, you'd yeah, say, okay. I, no, no, okay. no, no worries. Yeah. This is, it's ridiculous for me to be worried about it at the very least. Right. But if it's one in 10, one in five, one in four chance that this woman will come back and say, you know, use her power, because it is power, uh, to suddenly say, I'm deciding to view our little interaction last Wednesday, let's say, whatever, uh, as uh, unwanted and uh, not according to my volition. Yeah. Uh, well, boom. You, you, you suddenly have a very different approach no, to I, what was what uh, and what will be when it comes to sexual activity. Yeah. You will not pursue it. Right. I have a rule, okay? I'm married, and um, most of my sexual activity will hopefully exist within the context of my marriage. But if I was single, or if other things outside my marriage, with my wife's consent, hopefully, were to occur, <coughs> I have a rule. And if I had boys, I would tell them this. I would not, and I'm serious about this, absolutely serious, because it's the, it's legal, and bad things happen if it's legal. I would not have any sexual encounters, period, without videotaping them. Wow. Period. Wow. Okay. Period. End of, and that's my advice. You might out there go, what the hell is he talking about? Dude, video evidence. She said she didn't want it. Here's the tape. Right. I know. Okay? I know. You videotape every, you, you know, you get, you want consent, you know, there's little consent apps or whatever. Videotape it. That's the ultimate consent. Now, let her know you're videotaping it and don't upload to the internet unless she's jiggy with that too. But, you know, you have a copy, she has a copy, and it's, dude... If this ever were to come up, and I mean every encounter with a girl, okay? Right. Not just one, because she could turn around and say, well, I was jiggy with that one, but you raped me on that day. No, no, no. I videotaped every one of them. Right. Anyway. And, and before you begin, you say, we're going to videotape. This isn't exciting. Yeah, you go Kardashian. You go Paris Hilton on yourself. Okay, so, you, uh, so, 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 the, so, the point listen. is that's the only yeah, protection that, you can have. Well, that is the only true protection in that sense, but it's not realistic because... 
at the end of the day, uh, both parties would be very, especially the woman, would be very uh, concerned that, you know, if things don't work out, then he can use that as blackmail for video, you know, it, it, whatever they call it, uh, revenge porn. That's what it is. Yeah, but that's uh, yeah, uh, let's, 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 uh, That's already a law. Okay, you whatever, know? whatever. I'm simply saying to you that that is a practical matter. It's not. It's then not then the point is, don't have sex with a girl who's not willing to do that. I, because I agree. that's a that's right. treading on land that has <clears throat> potential landmines in it that will blow you sky high. This has been an Ari David derailment. No, okay. it isn't. Yes, it is. It's the entire it? point. Because look at okay. the – I'm making the point that you're saying people aren't having sex. And people see know these things. So they're choosing not to have sex because these are they know are the lengths they would realistically have to go to to protect themselves, okay. which is I, unfeasible. I, 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 I want to move away from this. That's the point – look, I understand what you're saying. Yes, that, that would be the ideal – not the ideal thing. That is that, that would be one way of making sure that nobody could ever accuse you of, of – uh, of, of rape or unwanted sex of any kind. Right. Boom. I, I get that. Okay. Now, can we let's move past that? Now. Of course. All right. But you have to admit that is fantastic podcast, Carol. <laughs> that is like, oh, oh my God. Did uh, you know? Did you hear what that podcast had? That's the greatest <clears throat> thing ever. <laughs> okay. So don't look, give me so, that look. I'm going to give you that look. <laughs> Right. When 40,000 people listen to this because of what I just said, I expect a thank you note and a bottle of that Laurent Perrier pink stuff. Uh, we, hey, our deal is very clear. It has to be at least 50,000. Then you'll get it. I'm not a drinker anyway. So. All right. Anyway, so. And by the way, you put would that you in stop, the closet. Would you stop? Okay. okay. So um, we're moving past the video and stuff, okay? At the, at the end of the day, it's, it's not feasible, like you said. And as a consequence, people are just very, very gun-shy about sex. Yeah. At the very moment in their lives where they need to have develop some sort of confidence, uh, whether it, when it comes to the romance, right, to be able to develop the tools of interacting with the opposite sex, and, the, and, and more particularly, uh, boys dealing with girls, men, young men dealing with young women. That's what it's got to be. And instead, what you're doing is you're creating this environment where men no longer, they don't have this sense of like, how do I, how do I get that girl? You know, the, the excitement of it and taking some risk and such like that. This is what develops a young boy into a young man where he says, look, you, you want that girl. You got to be nice to her. You got to talk to her. You got to be of interest to her. You got to show her that you're strong and that you're a gentleman and all the wonderful things. But instead, you know, now they're, they're taught, you know, these, every woman that you might be with, even if you just kiss her or hold her a hand for that matter, that's a minefield. Boom. Suddenly it could blow up on your face. Okay. That's, it's not a, just like going through a minefield and, and, and all, you know, you can go, go, go to this playground, you know, Johnny and have some fun. Oh, by the way, there are five mines somewhere in this play field, this playground. All right. So, uh. But have fun, <laughs> all right? And let's be careful out there. Uh, Dad, I don't want to go on that playground. Oh, no, no, don't worry about it. You, you'll, you'll have fun. Of course, but that's exactly the, the mindset that we are now throwing these young boys, especially young boys, into. It's not healthy. Yeah, and then there's one other factor to it, and one more variable to the perfect analogy you just made. Got a minefield on this playground. Now, as each day goes by, Without taking away any of the space where the mines are buried, right. let's shrink the playground. Oh, yeah. Let's reduce the square footage yeah. foot by foot by foot right. until the density of mines becomes, well, dense. Yeah. 
Uh, it's, yeah. it's very true. Now, by the way, can I make one <clears throat> quick point about the spread of STDs? Because I have a theory on it that no one said. That is so obvious. Yeah. Do you know why the density of STDs are spreading too? Because the amount of people who are doing or having the sex, as that shrinks, the people with the STDs are the people who have sex, who are having sex with ever more of the sexually active people. Right. You, because you're shrink, it's like... Uh, you, I, I get it, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a self-selecting audience, as it were. And I, I get it, I understand that. Right, but, but the point is, the inflow of the sexually active has been constricted. Okay, so, but, 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 but the, okay, now remember, let's go back to the, the ultimate finding of this study. And again, the study is, you know, taking, taking it for its face value, that it's accurate. It's, some studies say it's one out of eight. Some people as little as one out of six, as, as many as one out of six, rather. Uh, it is what it is. But let's just use the number one out of eight for the, for the time being. Well, that means that seven out of eight are having sex well before they're 26. And, and it could be very active at that. Okay, so I think, and I think that is happening a lot. But I'm talking about the one out of eight that are not are choosing to delay it. Those people are terrified of sex. Yeah, That's what they're I'm not saying. delaying it for the reasons that we as conservatives would want people to delay it, which is maturity and responsibility. Right. And also, you're making a very and, and, and an understanding of what sex is. Yeah, and I believe you're making a point, sort of through a mission here that I'd like you to address. Right. One of the things we as conservatives want, okay, and this is what Thomas Sowell talks about with the constrained view of of uh, life, right? Right. Yes, there's things I want to do, okay? I want to spend money, <laughs> I want to be intoxicated, and I want to have sex as much as possible. But what I do day in, day out, is I make choices to control those urges so I can do them responsibly within the healthy context of life. So when I spend money, I'm doing it by investing wisely, right? right? right. <laughs> when I have sex, I'm doing it with my wife. When I'm drinking, it's on Shabbos. Right. You know, the, the time I should be drinking, not the time I shouldn't be drinking before work, There's right? a time and a place for uh, everything, including sex, Yeah, is what so you're the point you're making by the, the different variables you're giving is that people are losing their urge to do these things. It's not that they're controlling themselves. It's that they're losing the basic urge, which means that they're not functioning healthily, right? Right. They, they are not. And it's, it is a strange new world that we have uh, in a world of Tinder and otherwise. Look, in my book, I, I've got two chapters. Uh, one is called Sex is Hard. Uh, and another one is, oh, is. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sex is hard, and uh, another one, uh, sex is hard work rather, uh, and the other one is uh, sex is scary. Okay, now the sex is scary part we more or less talked about just now. Uh, that the notion that you engage in sex and the next thing you know you're suddenly you're a pariah and you have to defend yourself for having, you know, a, a twenty minute, fifteen minute, half an hour fling with somebody, uh, and then then it, then it follows you for years to come. Until you know, either you're absolved of it or whatever. It's it's an awful, awful world. Um, this relates uh, soon to a topic that I want to kind of talk about. It's it's a powerful concept, and I it comes straight from my book. By the way, this is this is uh, a part a part of my book. The other night, I said, okay, I need to. I just wanted to write another kind of couple paragraphs in order to kind of get some momentum. I was tired. I was feeling a little sick. 
And so I figured, okay, let's just kind of get some motion yeah, into yeah, this book. I bet you wrote for five hours. And, and then the I end up writing yeah. one of the best chapters I've ever had. It was it was phenomenal. Welcome to the life of a writer. Yeah, exactly. That's why I don't do it. I like sleep. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't expect it. Um, no, it was, it was very enjoyable. It's one of those moments where you really are in the zone, and it feels great, and you know, you just it makes you feel alive, right? Anyway, so what was the chapter that I wrote about? It's the notion. I call it the, the sex freeway. What do I mean by that? Let's talk about traffic for a second. Okay, you get a car. Okay, it's a really cool car. All right, it's whatever your favorite car is. Tell me. Uh, Porsche 911 Turbo with the flared sides and the big red brakes, not the Great. shitty yellow blood brakes. Yeah, and it's Great sound a system. stick shift. Right. Uh, you, no, no, Brooke. The sound <laughs> system is listening to that engine. Okay. You don't put a radio in a car like All right, that. Right. So, so Porsche 911. Okay. Yeah. Really beautiful, souped-up 911. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you imagine yourself in this car, right? And you're like, vroom, vroom, and you're just speeding along, right? And you're doing donuts in, in the parking lot or whatever it is. No, you can scratch it. I'm I'm driving a little over the speed limit on the open road at Big Sur. All right. North of San San Miguel, <clears throat> right, right. on the way to the twisty road in the hills. Okay. That's where I'm at. All right. Yeah. Most people. When they get their car, especially you ask a teenager, what they're thinking is uh, they, they see themselves in, let's say, you know, a big SUV with big honking. What is it called? The, 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 uh, the Raptor. The ra- ra- yeah, Ford Raptor or whatever it is. Anyway, the big car, big wheels. I'm following you. And uh, they're just, you know, they're pumping up uh, Eminem their song. Or Eminem, Bon Jovi, yeah. whatever your favorite song is, and they're rocking to it. And their girlfriend, of course, is in a bikini, and she's coming out of the sunroof, and she's got twerking. Te- yeah. yeah, she's twerking, and she's got a tequila in her in her hand as well. And it, it, it's just so much fun. Th- that's what they see themselves as. Yes. And then the reality comes in. Your car, bumper to bumper, traffic. bumper to bumper, traffic. <laughs> yes. you've got to obey the stop signs, just like the next schmuck. <laughs> the, 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 red, the red lights, right? You got to be patient here. Yeah, there gridlock traffic right. at Barrington Olympic at right. 5:30 p.m. Right, right turn, right turn on red, but only when it's safe to do so. And <laughs> pedestrians have right away and everything else. You are just <laughs> right. That is the way of the freeway. Yeah. Okay. And so, in, in, other, in other words, we all have the whole reason why we have these traffic laws is because we have a sense of you belong, your car belongs to the freeway. It belongs to all of us, right? It doesn't really belong to you. Well, the car belongs to you, but the way you move it around, the car does is not in a collective. In, in a sense, the yes. car does not belong to you. Yeah. Okay. You get to be the only one driving it. Yes. But in almost every circumstance, while you're driving it, there are many restrictions upon the way you drive it. So yeah, the, I cannot drive my car right. into your swimming pool without bad shit happening. Right. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Just- yeah, you can't do everything with it. Ever. All right? I mean, there's a lot of things. Look, you know, and, and this is kind of uh, – well, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm, I'm comparing it to the human body where, you know, you can pretty damn well please do whatever you want to. You can tattoo your body. You can masturbate. You can do a whole bunch of things with your own body. Right now? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Please. I'm not please sure podcast. about that. Please, podcast, don't go this No, uh, you direction. should have said at that point, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, In Dave. the Alexa monotone. <laughs> All right. So, so I, you know, so you, you can – it's just not the same thing as – Okay, so a car is a car, but it's not your car, 
really. When you think about it, it's not really your car. In the same way that your house, when you have a big mortgage at least, is not really your house, right? The bank owns your house most of the time until the glorious day when you do pay off the mortgage and that never happens. And then of course, you've got to pay property taxes and you have permits and everything else. It's not your house. You get to live in it, sure. You get to say it's my house, but that's really in the vernacular. It's not really your house. Let's make that clear. All right, so same thing with the car. So here's my bold statement. Sex doesn't really belong to you. Okay? We think it does. We wish it did. But it doesn't, right? And, 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 and I'll make my point. And this is why I'm calling it the sex freeway. When you hear this phrase, you know, and many people say it, and they say it correctly, look, whatever people want to do behind closed doors, that's their business. Okay? But is it? Is it really? Not anymore, apparently. No, 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 no. You're not, you don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Let's take some examples, okay? The obvious example, two, two, uh, you know, two couples are, sorry, a man and a woman are both married, but they're having sex with each other, and it's adultery, okay? They get discovered somehow by way of emails or whatever. Suddenly, both couples are, find themselves in divorce court, and it's a very open public forum. Suddenly, what used to be behind closed doors is now very open doors, right? And there's a lot of screaming and fighting. And what was 20 minutes of fun is now 20 years of hell. Okay? That's the way it works. Okay, so you think I'm done? No, I'm not. Uh, you decide to have um, unprotected sex. That's behind closed doors too. Okay, well, then all of a sudden you get a, d a disease. And then that person has sex, yes, that's right, yet again with closed doors. And then many closed doors later, you are affecting and infecting everyone. That's right? the cops show up. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, and, and that's a big problem. Okay, so again, once what once was closed doors is now very open doors. Okay, and the, cl the doors are closed for only a very short while. That's my point. 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever it is. I know it takes. where you got this 20 minutes, half an hour. <clears throat> I'm done in 45 seconds. <laughs> All right. That's the way my wife likes it. She sets a timer and she says if it exceeds oh, two geez. minutes, we're done. I've learned. Boom. <clears throat> I am very happy that I warned everyone ahead of time about this podcast. I, I, like I did this, not realize. I what, like why. this system. I think you should warn everyone all the time. I think I think we'll have a much better podcast. Yeah. I feel uh, the chemistry here. This is great. The normal R.A. David warning is <laughs> it's, it's more more than that. Okay, so so anyway, so now going to, to other examples, right? You've got the emotional issue. So you've got, I mean, take the fatal attraction issue, right? The, the movie Fatal Attraction with yeah, Glenn Close. Yeah, the bunny boiling and right. the ice picks. So yeah. they, they have some fun, again, behind closed doors, right? They go, they're very passionate. They get to it. It looks like great sex going on, right? And then uh, it seems to follow. Very open doors are happening. And the, the, the woman literally tries to kill uh, the Michael Douglas character and boils the bunny. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but also pours acid on their car, kidnaps the daughter, I mean, horrific things are happening in this movie. Now, does this happen with every jealous lover? Uh, every, you know, I'm not going to be ignored, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't. But there, there are enough stories where, you know, women and men do some crazy things when they, you know, after sex, they feel like somehow that person belongs to them. And, and whatever it is, terrible things happen. Yeah. Like I said, videotape everything. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> my, my point is, what you think is yours is not really right. yours. Sex belongs to everybody. Like the freeway, you are responsible for everybody, 
and everyone is responsible to you, you are, in a sense, by engaging in sex, having an interaction that will ultimately affect more people than you think. It is short-sighted and wrong-sighted to believe that it lasts only behind those closed doors and that's, that's only your business. It ain't just your business, my friend. In reality, it's everyone's business. Right. And that's why. Yes. And wait, wait. And that's why. Unlikely, for example, you and I, uh, you know, we may decide to, to break our diet, let's say. Okay, if, if even if we're on a diet or whatever. Really? Just, Can I watch you do it? Can I videotape you doing that? So if we're going to have a, uh, let's say I'm breaking my diet. I'm, and I swear I'm not going to have any sweets or anything else like that. I then go to Ben and Jerry's. And I, and I look at that great Rocky Road ice cream that I love so much. Peanut butter with, with that too. products. <clears throat> no, so, soy ice cream. They have it, Ben and Jerry's. See, that's the problem. <clears throat> you don't even break your diet right. I'm, I, see, I mean, our mentalities are so different. I'm picturing okay. chaining you down and force feeding you stop, a ribeye steak. Stop, 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 stop. Because you're, you're really derailing <laughs> okay, this. Sorry. You're really derailing it. So you go in and you take, you know, contrary to your diet, you say, you know what, I'm going to have this Rocky Road. Frigate, right? I'm going to have some fun. And I, oh, it tastes so good. It's so good, right? Now, does the neighbor say, oh, my God, you know, Barack, he really broke that diet. Or buzz, buzz, whisper, whisper to the other neighbor. And then they tell two friends. And those two friends, you know, Barack broke his diet. Oh, no. I will. I will. <laughs> okay, you got to stop. You got to yes. stop. So the point is, it doesn't happen. Right. Right? Uh, likewise, if you drove too fast, okay, on the freeway for that matter, because we were talking about freeways, but whatever, you know, oh, or you get a speeding ticket. Oh, did you know that Ari, he got a, he got a speeding ticket. You know, and, they t- and that neighbor tells that neighbor. No, of course, it's silly. It would never happen, right? It is what it is. People yeah, you're have making their... the point that your business is your business in those contexts. And, those, and yeah. yeah. But when it comes to sexual activity, okay, oh, those two had, do you know that they actually, he, he cheated on her. And now they're divorcing. Everyone does talk about that. Everyone. Okay? Or did you know that he's gay? He left her because he won, he fell, you know, he decided that he's gay. Or he decided to become he wants to become a woman, right? All those things. Anything, as long as it's something to do with sex or sexuality, you can bet your neighbors are gonna be talking about it. Yeah, but you don't even have to make the negative example. Maybe let's make the positive really fast, which solidifies your point QED totally, right? You don't know what I'm saying, but go uh, ahead. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, go, go, go. Uh, What's your point? The ultimate sex, both satisfying and why it's there, is sex that results in a child in the context of marriage. That sex truly doesn't belong to you. That sex belongs to the kid that was made, that is alive because of it, and that's everyone's business. Of course everyone talks. Hey, did you hear such and such is pregnant? Isn't it great they're having a baby? Yes, yes, I know. The point is, in we are the police, okay? The neighborhood is the police when it comes to sexuality. On the freeway, it's the highway patrol, right? Or the cop that stops you, you know, for rolling through a stop sign. Okay, um, but when it comes to sexuality, we do have an enforcement mechanism. There is a sense of, and don't tell me that, that uh, it's different, because it's real. If you were to have an affair, God forbid, okay, and the world were to find out about it, I were to find out, I would judge you, right? And likewise... Find out? I would run ads. I'd say, look, I was able to. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're really derailing this. Okay, so uh, let, let's get to the point here. Okay. okay? I, I'm simply saying that it would, I would judge you, the world would judge you, and the world collectively judges you, and the world who are your friends would judge you as well. Uh, when it comes to sexuality and relationships, 
we are all watching each other. And, and there's a reason for that. The reason is that we believe that if you were doing these things, you're going off the, 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 the main part of the freeway, okay? You're, you're, you're derailing yourself on this. You are not doing your part to advance civilization. We are happy for you when you find a special lady or a lady finds a special man and you have kids and you move forward. You, you are doing the right thing with a capital R. You are doing the right thing. You are advancing civilization. But, but you, you do something off the rails, like let's say you're a woman who decides that you, you can have a baby without a father and all that stuff, and then all of a sudden find out that, that uh, you, know, you have a baby boy. Congratulations. But, of course, you never thought about the future without a father. Now this baby boy is in juvie after juvie, and he's a druggie and a convict, and congratulations, mama. Okay? And, and there's a very strong correlation between fatherlessness and crime, right? But you were cool with that. No problem, right, mama? Um, that becomes everyone's problem, too. There's, there's so many examples I give in the book. I think I give five examples um, and how it affects everyone else. What you thought was closed doors becomes open doors very quickly. It's only closed doors for the, for the time of the sexual act, however short or long it might be. That's it. Open doors after that. Here's another example. Um, two kids, you know, uh, decide uh, they have a little fun. Uh, they're both 15, let's say, 16. And uh, they use, it's unprotected sex. And sure enough, she gets pregnant. Boom. All right. All of a sudden, you know, now they've got a baby on the way. Guess what? Well, Grandma and I has to get a job. She has to come back into the house and take care of the kids. And uh, the, the, the father and mother, you know, it affects their lives forever as well because they have to take care of these two kids and now they have a little grandkid that they never expected to have. It alters everyone's lives altogether. <clears throat> Again, open doors. Suddenly, that really cute moment that was only for 20 minutes suddenly becomes everyone's, everyone's business. And the truth is, sex is everyone's business. We get to judge you for your sexual activity and your choices in sex because sex, of all things in life, sex is the one thing that we all have in common, right? Even if we've Why never we're had all here. Yeah, exactly. Even if we've never had sex ourselves, let's say, you know, as a young kid, 10 years old, you you know, you've never had sex. Uh, but nevertheless, you're the product of sex at the very least, right? We that's one thing we all have. Yeah, including like, including breathing oxygen, right. I suppose. And what you're throwing at us here, okay? And it's a brilliant point, okay? And it's a, it's the best point because it's as disturbing as any of the wacky, crazy stuff I say, okay? So fantastic. Bully you. You've reached my level. <laughs> oh, no. I've dragged you <laughs> down. Now, you, make, you make such a brilliant point, and you present a, and I love this. I love dichotomatic challenges. I don't know if that's a real word, but it's, I'm referring to dichotomy. A dichotomatic challenge to conservatism in this regard. We are fierce individuals, right? You could, in a counterpoint to what you just said, make an argument for, I don't agree with it, but you, I, I see the structural uh, logic of an argument for that those refusing to engage in sex because they've been become soy boy, you know, girly men who are not willing to approach women for the myriad reasons you outlined are in many ways being more individualistically libertarian than those of us who choose to be part of this collective, right. everyone's noses in my business stuff. Right. Right? Right. I don't think they are. 
for arguments I could make, and I know the listeners can, who are intelligent can structure their arguments in their head, so I don't have to make those in the moment. But it presents that kind of challenge to conservative thought in, in many ways. Right. It's interesting. The other thing is, look how in the and I'm going to say this poorly because I haven't fully – I formed the argument in my head, but I haven't fully formed the words to express it. So I'll make my lame attempt Ari, at David, it. at a loss for words? Not at a Go loss on. for words. At a loss for perfect <clears throat> words because, <clears throat> as you all know, I say perfect words perfectly at all times. All right. Say it already. But um, isn't it interesting that sex is, is, in reality, like you said, everyone's business? Right. Uh, one of the reasons is because acts of sex have led to every either good person or evil person being in our presence and doing either good or evil things to us. Right. Every murderer, like Charles Manson or Adolf Hitler, was on planet Earth, unfortunately, because the wrong people seem to have had sex with each other. Right. <laughs> right? Right. The circumstances um, have, have lined up in such a way that, yeah. that they... But, but, uh, but, but, but it's, it's not only... Wait, hold on. Yeah. It's not only... The, the manner in which they have sex, whether it's adulterous or outside of marriage. No, I'm just or, saying for that, it's the fact that they did, right. <laughs> even if it no, was no, but, but perfectly healthy. There's also the fact of failing to raise the child in a, in a, in a decent environment or at least with, with good uh, opportunities for success as a human being. So l- let me give an example. One of the things that you know, I think a lot of us judge and we're very concerned about is uh, the notion of a gay couple or lesbian couple having you know, deciding to raise a, a child together or children together. I, I'm very, um, uh, I won't even say agnostic about it. I, I, You're not okay with that. I'm not okay with it. I, I'm willing to be proven wrong about it. But all common sense tells me that you are depriving that child of a mother in one case and a father in the other case. And you need both. And, and both of us are our parents. And you and I have spoken to each other time and time again about how necessary it is to have the opposite gender parent uh, be, be the parent and be strongly in their lives just as much as we are. Uh, your girls uh, would, <clears throat> would really be deprived if they didn't have a father. Really. It would be bad, bad news. Now, it's one thing if, if God forbid, you died. God, God forbid, yeah, we're you know. not talking about exceptions, though. We're yeah, we're talking about, about the general rule. Yeah. And, you know, if you go into the, yeah. into if you get into the whole thing in the first place, knowing this, uh, I, I, I judge you. Yeah. I, I think it's wrong. And if, you, if you're going to do it, it because, you know, because I think it's very selfish. If you are gay, fine. As they say, whatever you do behind closed doors is your business. But, but it's not, as we, like we just said. But all the same, let's use that phrase. But then you want to raise a child, then you are taking a very big risk with that child, aren't you? You are depriving that child of one of the basic necessities of life is to have, uh, you know, both both uh, genders as parents, and you've chosen to say that doesn't matter, as as if you're the you know you're the wise one somehow. I think you think you're really making a big mistake. Likewise, with the woman who decides to have a child by herself, going to the sperm bank and all those things, and then deciding one day later on, I'll, I'll, I'll have a, you know, I'll meet Prince Charming, and then, and they'll just do it backwards, right? I literally had a friend of mine who said that, I, you, know, did, you know, she was getting old, older, and she didn't see that there was going to be a man in her life uh, in the near horizon, and she better get pregnant now. So she went to the sperm bank, got herself pregnant, had a, a beautiful baby girl. And now, you know, she's still not with anybody 
and her prospects are slimmer and slimmer because she has a child, first of all. Yeah. Well, and, and, and then she's older. For her delaying for favor of career or whatever. <clears throat> uh, can I say something that I know you're going to disagree with, but I think if, when we disagree, I think it's the best part of this podcast. <laughs> so if it, on this micro issue, it might be a zesty debate, perhaps even astringent for the listeners. We believe in distinctions, do we not? We do. That things are not the same. You are different from me. I am different from you, right? We do. A stalk of celery is not a ribeye steak, is it? It is not. Good. So, likewise, not all homosexual couples bearing children, <laughs> I'm using that ironically, Raising are not children. the same. Yeah. I use bearing for the ironic. Yes, <laughs> that's know. right. Uh, I think is much healthier if you're dealing with same-sex couples, for it to be a homosexual male couple raising children than lesbian couples. Right, so, so you making the statement aghast that you don't think it's healthy for a same-sex couples to raise children, I'm going to make an even more controversial statement that, I, that, that says I think only gay male couples should be doing it. Okay, so that's a, that's a micro-topic that I really don't want to get into right now. And plus, we're wrapping Ooh, you're up. Afraid, ha <laughs> ha! No, it has nothing to yeah. do with. Really but what I, I just want to make the one quick point about it. the reason is I think the importance of fathers in children's lives is so important that if you had to choose, you're saying. Yes, but, but, if but, you but, had you, to but you never the, have to choose, and that's the point. I don't want to get into that, Ari. The point is that it's it's le- less than an ideal situation by far. And this is, we're not talking about survival mode. We don't need to be in that world. You want to be gay, you've chosen to be gay, or if, if maybe you haven't chosen to be gay, this is the way it is. You, you want to be intimate with a yeah, man. Yeah, just say you are gay. You are gay, yeah. fine. That's your, that, that is your business. That's the way you are. Got it, okay? But now you've, you've participated in the advance of civilization in a way that we think is actually not, not going to be advancing civilization. Okay, we get to comment about that. So one of the questions that, that I have, and, and, and this is, I want to kind of leave the show this way. I want to speak rhetorically about why it is, I'll, I'll throw out the question and then let's answer it. How about that? I posit to you that God or nature, if you want, makes it very clear that we are to have a, uh, that, that sex is to be confined to the institution of marriage and that children are to be raised in the, only in the institution of marriage with a mom and a dad. And I think that the nature shows this to us many, many times. God, I think God yeah, infuses obviously, that. Obviously, yes. Right. Okay. So, 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 but people don't ask that question, right? What does nature seem to be signaling to us, right? As the ideal way to grow. As the ideal yes. way to grow. And here we are. This is, and it's too obvious, right? The, the number of STDs um, amplifies dramatically with the more uh, partners you have, for, for one thing, right? Yeah, that's, that's from the Department of No Excrement, right? Right, yeah. No, <laughs> no Excrement, no, Sherlock. No S, yeah, No S, Sherlock, right, exactly right. Um, so we know that, okay? But, but it's, it's not even that. It's, you can have the same amount of sex, right, with the same person, let's say, you know, 100 times in, uh, you know, two months or whatever. So you, you have that. Um, you could have that same 100 times with, you know, 50 different guys, right, or 50 different women or, or a combination thereof, right? But obviously, if you do with multiple people, your chances of uh, increasing your STD um, uh, contraction is very, very high. So... Likewise, it's not just that. If you are only with one person, you tend to 
actually get healthier as, you know, they, there's something about the bonding between a man and a woman that are committed to each other in a purely monogamous relationship uh, that actually accelerates their immunity and the protection against diseases, not just sexual yeah, diseases. All diseases. All diseases. <clears throat> so those are, these are two factors that are very powerful that indicate that nature is telling us, be, no, be monogamous. Yeah, even, okay? and you're making a very powerful statement here, okay? Mr. Atheism Kills is making the point that even if you're one of those atheists uh, who are like spiritual and you worship nature or whatever, even if you believe it's not God telling you this, Nature is telling nature you this. Nature is clearly telling you. We believe through uh, nature is telling this God's message through nature, right. right? Right. But even if you take the God out of this, right? Uh, it's telling you this, right. dummies. Right. I mean, even doctors who are as liberal as they go, right? Right. They will will say, you know, and if they're a, a gynecologist or whatever, they'll say, uh, well, you know, listen, are you engaging in any risky? Sexual activity, and by risky, they mean gay activity a lot of times, or with multiple partners. It's one of the one of the two. Yeah, or in the so, ba- or the bathroom of a of a honky tonk bar at right. two in the morning. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, so that's risky, but but wait a minute. I thought that all sex was the same. That's you right. Know, it's a, there's there's no judgment here. Well, but but nature seems to judge you, right? And nature nature seems to punish you if you are not. Uh, you know, careful with the way you handle yourself. Monogamy seems to advance all sorts of health benefits. So putting aside the health benefits now, putting aside it, then you've got the emotional issues, right? Um, You've got the jealous factor, the jealousy factor, where for some crazy reason, uh, nature has it so that if you do have sex with somebody and then you just want to move on to somebody else, the person with whom you just had sex may very well say, I don't like that. And they get very jealous. Really? Might, yeah, yeah. But I, but I thought I know all sex was, well, wow. I, I, I know this is shocking news. That's it's, just shocking. Yes, yes, it's true. You can look it up. <laughs> I'm Google shocked. It. Shocked. Yep. Yeah. The gambling is going on <laughs> in a casino. Right. So, but, but no one ever thinks about that aspect, right? The aspect that, that jealousy is, is such a natural phenomenon. I mean, we talk about, oh, and then she got jealous or he got jealous, you know, or possessive, whatever it might be, right? And we understand that. Right. It's not oh. just—it's not just uh, natural. It seems to be um, ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. It's like—it's like air. Right. It's everywhere. Right. If, if, <laughs> no matter how comfortable you are with yourself as a human being, no matter how confident you may be, um, so well-adjusted that you might be, if you find out that your wife of 20 years or your husband of 20 years has been fooling around, you get uh, really, really pissed off. Right, you you don't have this non-emotional response. You don't say, "Well, that's that's cool. If, if that's what he wanted to do, all right, that's fine." Mm, the pizza delivery boy happened yeah. to just be there. Yeah, that's mm, right. That makes well, perfect sense. Well, you know what? We hadn't had sex in a week, and I was away on a business trip, and so she just decided to have a little fun. You know, it's an orgasm. It's cool. You know, no, you do not think this way, right? It's <laughs> like we we jealousy is built into our DNA. That's the point. Do you think that you maybe our natural nature? state, <laughs> our nature, nature is telling us again, you're better off with monogamy. We are telling you that your own biological makeup, your own mindset tells you that monogamy is the way to go. Okay. And then putting that aside, then, then you're talking about the, the, the raising of kids, right? And we see time and time again, how, when a couple has, Many multiple kids from many different partners. It doesn't work out well, 
Okay, so it just it just doesn't. Are you saying it like can. in royal families where the man, even if it's caused by, and, and this was sort of a medieval problem up to just a few decades ago, where the women would die in childbirth, and so there were if a king had multiple queens and the offspring were multiple princes, that they would fight to the death to see who could acquire the power right. at well, a this, certain point. This is the lesson uh, in, in the Bible. It says it over and over again. You know that. Now, that's not nature, right? Because, but the yeah. Bible tells stories in a natural way that makes sense to us. For example, we know that uh, Joseph, sorry, Jacob played favorites with Joseph and uh, Benjamin, <clears throat> and that didn't work out very well. Okay? We also know that David, King David, had four wives, uh, all, and, and resulting in sons, all of whom went to war with David because they were looking for control of the kingdom. Bad idea, right? So again, not good for the stability of that society. Everything that we learn from a natural point of view and from a historical point of view and from a common sense point of view tells us that monogamy is healthier, more productive, and advances civilization. That's the point. Are are you making the conclusion? I hope I'm not jumping to it here. Uh, As they said in that Monty Python movie, jumping for a certain part of the female anatomy, right? Um, That perhaps. One of the reasons that these kids up to age 26 are refraining from sexual activity, besides the landmines, the fear, and all the other stuff, is perhaps because the nature within them is running headlong in contradiction to so much of the information that they've been fed intellectually that deep within them they know somewhere is false, and they're refraining from the activity they've been encouraged to engage in because their nature is actually driving them? Well, yes, I, I think that there's something to that. Um, I, I like the way you're blending the t- two together. I, I don't mind that at all. <clears throat> um, I think they're somewhat separate issues. But yes, they are, they're fighting with themselves on the one hand, but they've converted, maybe even perverted, uh, what sex is to them. Uh, this is happening in Japan a lot, um, where most of the young, young men uh, they don't even, they're not even interested in pursuing women, young girls for that matter, or, or young women, because, you know, they're just masturbating all the time. They are getting their jollies by masturbating, and they're done, okay? So they move along with their lives, and there's no fuss, no muss, as it were. Uh, girls are not part of the equation. Just like, I don't know, um, I'm not really interested in, um, I don't know, uh, Skeet shooting or um, curling, you know, the, the, the Olympic game. It's some part of my life. Thank you very much. You know, I understand other people like that. But uh, you'll, I, I think I will die without ever having engaged in a game of curling in my entire life. And I'm, I'm going to be okay with that. And I think a lot of, a lot of young men, especially young men, uh, look on girls a little bit like that. Not, not entirely. It's not a perfect example. But they, and they understand that women are necessary for having children. But in terms of their actual day-to-day li- lives, no, thank you. Not interested. I'm uh, getting my jollies the way it is. And I don't think that it, it, I need a girl. And that's, that's very unhealthy. Um, coupling that with the fact that there's the, the fear aspect of it, that if they do engage in it, well, you know, terrible things will happen. So, look, at the end of the day, and this is where I'll wrap up, I, you know, nature, it, it's worth asking the question, what does nature seem to be telling us? Notwithstanding all the issues of, of closed doors and all the nice phrases that we use, what does nature want from us? 
Nature tells us very clearly, this is what I want from you. I understand there are exceptions to this many times, but the, the, the paradigm, the, the, uh, the great example, the standard should yeah, be the, a, ideal the ideal standard is a man and a woman having kids. And, and by the way, more than uh, one kid, more than two kids, as many kids as you yeah, can. Several, several. Lots of. It's very healthy. It's good for you. It's good for the kids. It's good for civilization. It's, that's what nature seems to be telling us. Uh, in, on many different levels. And by the way, I, I discussed this in my upcoming book. I just talked today about... And, and uh, what's the name of the book? The Rise of the Sex Machines. Good. He's by the way, say the name. So I know, you're, you're right. Let's learn to throw that in a few yeah, more good times. Point. I appreciate you promoting it. Uh, no, but and I only gave examples of adultery and jealousy, right? <clears throat> I gave examples of, uh, you know, how it's not good to have uh, parents only of one gender. Uh, but there are many other examples I gave in the book that where nature tells us, is telling us very clearly through its cute little signals, this is not a good thing. And we need to understand that. And so, yes, the exceptions are the exceptions. Got it. Okay. You and I have gay friends, for example, both lesbian and, and male. Um, we, we love them. They're good friends of ours and such. But that doesn't mean that their and relationship... Me, and me. Don't forget me. Yes, that's true. You, you are a sui generis, my friend. Right. All right. I'm fluid. Yeah, I'm, fluid. Yes, I've yes, declared yes. myself fluid. Yes. Uh, but... You know, they are nevertheless created in God's image. I get that. But that doesn't mean that, that they are the standard, that they are equal to the standard. No, I am, I am very far from the standard. <laughs> you, my friend, are the standard. You are too Gainfully kind. employed, one wife, three kids, a dog. Yes, you know? we, we are very yeah. white picket I pets. have yes. a cat that comes to visit that's not even my own. Think of how perverse that is. You are an odd duck, my friend, Ari David. And I eat duck, unlike you, <laughs> oh, God. my standard vegetarian yes, vegan friend. Yes, that's true. Talk about standards, right? <laughs> I can uh, say you're uh, highly vegetal. <laughs> oh, and, so, you know, and it's funny. We'll talk maybe in another podcast about what nature is telling us vis-a-vis how we should eat, right? Mm-hmm. And what we nature should do. telling me something very different from you. <laughs> that's right, kid. I'm fattening right. you up for the slaughter. All right, with that, I think, well, I think we're done now. <laughs> I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week.